Hello, my name is Carlos Lopez and I want to welcome you to Magicians Without Borders Conversations episode 46 where we are going to talk with Tom Werner and Felipe Costa Pollo about our reactions to the great performance of Derek Del Gaudios in and of itself. On this episode, we wanted to talk about the importance of the performance of magic, and we use this great theatrical experience as a starting point to discuss what a great performance of magic is. So sit back and relax and enjoy. Hey, welcome everyone to our 46th episode of Magicians Without Borders. We've already started. Thank you for being here and listening live on either Facebook or YouTube or joining later on a podcast. So thank you for being here and tuning in uh, to what's been, you know, uh, uh, a great year using this medium and trying to find new ways to get our message out and also engaging with people from all over the world. So hello to everyone that is listening. And before we start, I wanted to say that this episode is also sponsored by Home Light. So Home Light empowers people to make smarter decisions during one of life's most important moments, buying or selling their home. Their technology crunches the numbers to determine which real estate agent or which instant offer company will get you the most money for your home. They build products that put more power in your hands and make it easier to get the best outcome when you buy or sell a home. So please visit www.homelight.com. We're very grateful that Homelight sponsors this episode. And as we always do, we tell you different ways that you can support us. So one is a, like Homelight. If you want to sponsor this podcast, please do, do reach out and we can you know, highlight you before we start our episode as a, a sponsor. And also remind you that we have our corporate.magicianswithoutborders.com website where you can find corporate entertainment for virtual events. We've done this for the past year uh, for wonderful companies and we'll uh, leave you with a little description of what it is. Hello, my name is Carlos Lopez from Magicians Without Borders and this is where we create our virtual magic show. We would love to have you. We have multiple cameras where we can see magic different ways, even one for close-up. Let me take you there and here you can see magic that's going to happen very, very close in front of your screen and we would love to have you here with us. We've done this show over the last year for great companies like Waymo, YouTube, Google, and we would love to have you. We can deliver this show via Zoom, via Google Meet, Microsoft Teams, or WebEx, or any other communication platform. 
Looking forward to seeing you at the show. Bye-bye. So if you are part of a remote team or you manage uh, a remote team or work in a company that's going remote, this is a great way to enhance your remote workers' well-being and reduce, you know, that Zoom fatigue that we all are going through right now. And as always, I want to remind you that every last Wednesday of the month, we've got our mailbag episode. So please do send us your questions and, and comments to our email podcast at magicianswithourborders.com or tweet them at magicianswb so that we can get your comments and your questions and we uh, you know talk about them in the show. And on today's show, we're going to talk about the performance of magic and why that, that's important, what we think about it. And as always, here's our founder. Hey, hey Tom, how are you? I'm fine, Carlos. It's so great to see you again and to be here. And uh, welcome all of you who are listening and watching however you're doing that. So I'm thrilled to be here. And I am actually just came from doing a performance. So um, if we're going to, I am not exactly sure how we're going to talk about that tonight, but I'm sure it will unfold in some wonderful way. And, and well, let's, let's get into your, your reactions on your recent uh, performance. Like how, how did it go today? How, how, how do you feel about performance, performing live? You know, doing this this show, you've been doing it a couple of times already, and you have more to go. Like, what what uh, what went good? What went not so good? Did you change something from last time to this time? Yeah, this was um, the second show of the season at this resort, uh, Timberlock, that I perform at in the Adirondack Mountains. It's a very um, wonderful resort, a little bit of a kind of high-end resort, um, and yet it's got a little twist to it. People live right on this beautiful lake in these cabins that they mm -hmm. rent. There's no electricity in the cabins. They wow. only use uh, little uh, gas lights, and um, uh, these people are from New York City and from the big cities and whatever. So they feel like they're on, you know, some outdoor, the Lewis and Clark expedition or something, you know, <laughs> it's quite amazing. And yet they have a dining room that serves really like four star kind of meals. And so it's rustic elegance. That's their, um, their kind of tagline. And what's wonderful about it is it's one of those resorts where people have been coming for 40 years, you know? So my audience is made up of grandparents, parents, and children. But 20 years ago, the parents were the children and the grandparents were. So it's last week, there was a boy there who said, he saw my, he was 16 years old and he saw my show for the first time when he was four and he wow. has seen it every year since. So he's seen my show 
at Timberlock uh, 12 times, you know. And I made a joke that the organization Amnesty International, which investigates torture um, around <laughs> the world, would maybe consider that torture, you know, that he had to watch my show 12 times. But I mentioned last week and this week, also in response to your question, um, because the audience is like 60% uh, old timers and 40% maybe new people or 30, 40% new people. I try to do something new for those people who have seen my show so many times. But last week after my show, someone said, I, we've seen your show now for whatever, 12 years, 15. I've been going there for 16 years. Wow. Amazing. Mm -hmm. They said, but it's always different, you know? And they said, because the way you work with the kids always is surprising and what the kids say. And, and it reminded me once again that performing is so much about, not so much about me or about, uh, but it's about the magic that happens with the kids, you know, and that's different every time. So, I tried a few things uh, last week that were new, and I think one of them kind of worked really well. Um, but the other two, it may be just that I'm still getting used to it and uh, trying to not think about it and uh, just do it and stay connected with the audience. But um, last night, I... Um, I did, I returned to my old show. I still did a couple of new things, but mm -hmm. I returned to some things that I've done for many, many years. And I, I think it was a better show. Uh, and I think that people really, really enjoyed it. And the kids who came up to help me were just perfect. And, it made me um, it made me think of something um, something we want to talk about at some point is Derek Delgado's amazing show in and of itself. And at some point in his show, he says tricks are a means to an end, and what is the end? What is the, what am I hoping for of my magic show? Do I want to amaze? Do I want to amuse? Do I primarily want to really do something really entertaining? And the magic moments, there's only a few of them throughout the show. Six, six. yeah. <laughs> You know, that moment when the magic happens, you know, when the child opens their hand and there's two sponge balls in there. But there's been two or three minutes, two minutes leading up to that. And how do you how do you make that 
entertaining, you know, and engaging. I, I think it's so important because I think that the, the performance of magic is something that's that needs to be um, studied and needs to be rehearsed and, and needs to be practiced uh, as much as and sometimes even more than the, the technical stuff uh, of the trick. Uh, I think it's so important in order to do a very convincing performance. If you're going to do a trick that's short, that's for social media and uh, or, or, or the new performance mediums, maybe it's more important that it looks good on camera and that's it. But if you want to tell a story like the one that Derek Del Gaudio, you know, enthralls us in, that needs to be, you know, very well rehearsed, scripted, practiced, and 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 it's not something that the 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 is as a as a recipe that you follow like with a trick, right? If you do a trick, sometimes you just need to follow certain steps and it's done. Of course, some other ones are the, the, the ones that are not sleight of hand. But but when you do the whole performance, you need to, you know, nourish it and you need to experience different things. And that's why I wanted to ask, hey, did you change something from before? Because when you do it multiple times, you, you, you say, hey, I didn't feel that comfortable here. Or maybe what if I add this or I take away this? And I think that part is so important. And I was talking with um, Alejandro Muniz, he's our head local magician in Brazil, who we're going to be having on a shortly, I hope. And he was, you know, talking about this great, he's, he's a magic inventor as well, and he has this best-selling magic uh, trick that's with this, um, a, like the chalkboards that you that you have two chalkboards and they... Oh, yeah. They, Spirit slates, I think they sometimes call yes. it. Yes, he has a, a modern take on it. It's wonderful. And he, he he told me a story of how he was performing it. And it's so good, right, that it, it was, you know, too perfect, right? The That 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 sense on the audience. And he's like, I cannot believe it's happening that way. Like, And, and he had a hard time getting it to a place where it's just a great a piece of performance, right, rather than just a magic trick. And I think that's something that 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 you know that needs needs a nurturing, needs a yeah. trial and error. And I love our our philosophy on it or our motto that we when we have our kids, we tell them, you know, it's a magic performance is 90, 90 10, right? We tell them of hundred percent of the performance, ninety percent is the story you're trying to tell, what you're trying to convey to the audience, right? And how you get them to care, and how you get them to, yeah. to you know, be with you and engage them in the in, in what's happening. And ten percent is the trick that you're gonna present, right? Ten percent it's the magic, right? But ninety percent is the story. And I love the way that we do it, and we teach it, and we put it as a challenge to our students, saying, "Hey, you need to write down a story. Like, come up with something, right? Come up with a story around." A, the magic trick that you're going to do, and it, and that does not come easy at first. You need to right. you know, get into it and get into it. So, any thoughts on that on ninety ten uh, philosophy, Tom? Yeah, well, I think that it um, it's another way of saying um, what is that eighty percent, ninety percent, whatever it is that when Delgadio says that 
our magic, I think the trick uh, is a means to an end. And what, what do I want? After the show last night, um, people came up to me and they said, you were so wonderful with the children. You know, you just made them really shine. And they were uh, the stars of the show. And that was a great compliment, you know, that I somehow have learned how to get out of the way. You know, how to, um, it takes some work to, to do that. You have to say certain things and ask the child questions or, or like, I do, um, and I did for many years, and I didn't do it last week, but I decided I'm going to do it this week. I begin um, uh, with the cups and balls. I always do that, and that, it was funny last night. I got distracted, and this guy came up to help me with the final load, like he did the magic at the end, and... Um, I, I I got lost and um, I picked up a cup and I thought there was going to be a load under there, but I had gotten distracted and there was a ball there. And I <laughs> realized the final load was still in my pocket. So I had to, but anyhow, that was just, um, uh, I had gotten distracted and I, I don't know exactly how that happened, but I figured out a way to, to, to recover. But then the next two tricks are the a silk vanish, mm -hmm. where a little child comes up and I give them the magic wand and I put the silk in my hand and they wave over it and they say and all that, mm -hmm. and it vanishes. And then that's followed by the sponge ball. And I put the one supposedly sponge ball in the child's hand, but I've really loaded two of them. And I give them the magic wand. And I said, now, like um, uh, Josephine did with the silk, make that sponge ball disappear. You know, and mm -hmm. it, it refers back to the first trick. Like I want them to... But the sponge ball is sticking out of their hand, you know, and they're waving over it and saying magic unicorn or whatever. And it's still there. It's not disappearing. And they're not getting it. They didn't make it disappear like the first kid did. They're not as good as the other kid. For You know, at that moment, they're thinking, and I say, oh, here, just open the open your hand and we'll start over. And they open their hand and there's two of them. And <laughs> I get annoyed at them. I said, I wanted you to make it disappear. Why did you do this? And they said, I don't know. I think it was the magic word I said or okay. something. And the audience is laughing. And just uh, seeing the rhythm of the show that you compare the kid to somebody else and they're not as good. And it turns out maybe they're better than them, you know, or whatever, or they're sure. at least as good. And um, so I started, I started thinking, um, I don't know that I need to do a lot of new things. I just have to, 
be really present and work with the kid. And I, I don't know, that that's sort of the thought that came to my mind. I don't know. What, what does that suggest to you? Yeah, I, I think I, I have two, two, two thoughts on it. One is that when you're performing and you, and you, and you like to improvise, I think that's super powerful because you you feed off the energy of the perform of the, of the audience and and if you have an assistant and, and and then you can take it whichever direction, and I think that's that's wonderful to see, but it's yeah. sometimes hard to do. I mean, you you need to know yourself a lot. You need to 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 figure out the the, the place in the trick that you're in. Like for example, with the cops and balls that you just said, you got lost, but you cannot. And when you're learning, when you're starting, and you get lost. And we see it with our kids, right? They get frustrated and they just, they, 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 no, I fucked up, right? And, and yeah. They want to end, right? they want to go high. But, but the, the, the cool thing about it, I was thinking, is that the audience doesn't know, does not know what's going to happen, right? That's exactly right. When I lifted that up, I was surprised. Yeah. But there was a ball there. There wasn't supposed to be anything there, but there was a ball. But I thought the final low, they didn't know, you know, they didn't exactly. know. They didn't know. So, so that's something uh, to our advantage, advantage that we just, we can go wherever we want with it, but we yeah. need to be comfortable with that. Knowing being one step ahead of the audience that if, if, the, if the, if the trick does not go as planned, we can take it somewhere else. But that's that's you know um, a, a ability that's training that's you know a lot of shows under your belt, <laughs> and the other thing that I wanted to say is that the stories that that we we produce with our kids and when we see them, they're wonderful, right? And we talked about this before the story of Sumba when he was doing the little um, a uh, vase, right? The whole story around this just wow, what an amazing story. Right, and 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 he takes us into this whole world that's being represented with a little plastic ball and basin, and that's cool to see. And I always get surprised, and and pleasantly surprised with all our students when they get a new, um, a new story for 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 an old trick. Yeah. And well, I think this puts us to a in the place to talk about this a great performance great magic performance but it's not a magic performance by itself it's a theatrical performance i think of Derek del, del gaudios in and of itself i think wow. it's it's mesmerizing it's wonderful if you are seeing this or hearing this and you are, have not seen it we highly recommend that you go see it you can find it on hulu and here I'm gonna put I'm gonna put the, um, the trailer on it. So here's the trailer of the Hulu, um, the Hulu part of the show that you that you can see uh, under. So here it is. Every, Every secret has, has a unique, unique weight to it, and, and you can, can only carry, carry them for so long. long. You, you think, think this is a performance? performance. You see a man in a theater. An audience, it is difficult to see past what this looks like. You can see it for what it is, or you can imagine what it could be. Before you came in here, there was a wall, 
Maybe, Maybe you chose something you feel reflects who you really are in this world. The conceptual artist, the teacher. Someone here is an idiot. Idiot, wherever you are, please raise your hand. That's about right. Uh, <laughs> I come here day after day after day and attempt to defy some odds. I do, I do not, not expect you to, to believe anything you're seeing. Only, Only lucky if you get to know how, how this story ends. Two, two things are about to happen. One, One of these things, things you will see. And, and the other thing we will, we will see. We get, we get to see you, you transform into something else. I don't understand. I don't know. We are all the unreliable narrators of each other's stories. But I'm not just defined by what you see. I'm also defined by all the things you will never see. Every secret has a. It's it's a wonderful wonderful performance. I want I want to read the description that's on the Hulu's uh, website. It says Derek Del Gaudio's in and of itself. It's a new kind of lyric poem. It tells the story of a man fighting to see through the illusion of his own identity, only to discover that identity itself it's an illusion, an intimate and powerful exploration of what it means to be and be seen. The film chronicles Derek de Gaudio's attempt to answer one deceptive, deceptive, simple question. Who am I? His personal journey expands to a collective experience that forces us to confront the boundaries of our own identities. I think it's a great, great show. So uh, uh, I want us to discuss uh, uh, how we felt about it and well for that we we, we invited a, a friend that's been here before who had the the fortune of seeing that show live in new york when it was in, on broadway and i recently saw it with him live uh, on uh, on hulu it's felipe pojo how are you let's see if his internet connection hey is everyone how are you doing tom Hello, Poyo. Hello, hello. Happy, happy, happy. And um, it'll be an honor to talk with you to who saw that show live. Yeah. So yes, I think we're having some trouble with with. I with I, uh, I was so happy to be able. Wait. Um... Well, yeah, we would love, Pojo, if you're hearing us, to try and have your perspective on, on the difference between seeing it live and then seeing it on like recorded, like 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 the one that you that we 
that that we saw together. Because Tom, you you, you did you see it live? I didn't see it live. No, I I saw it. Um, I saw it on Hulu, and then I watched it uh, a little bit today. But I didn't have time to yeah. see the whole thing today. Is it better now? But I saw most of it today. Yeah. No. Yeah. Maybe. So, Pollo, give us your your reaction Hello. to it. We'll see. If we can hear Hello. you. Hello. Hello. Hear you. Maybe if you turn off the video, it might be yeah. better. Hey. Well, we're all. I'm here. I'm here. Yes. Better now. Uh, your image is frozen, but Light. your voice was clear just then. Well, I think it's going to get better and better. I'm, I changed to my data uh, because I'm not at home. Uh, I was I was outside Bogota today, but I'm I'm now in Bogota. Um, but I was so happy when when Carlos told me that we were going to talk about the show, uh, uh, because I think, well, I I had the opportunity as Carlos did once to make a trip and see a lot of different shows, and you know get a perspective. And I think that is actually something all magicians should do sometime. I think that's part of the job. Uh, why? Because we need to see what is going on with everyone that is having success. Uh, and that will give us a point of start to see how can we uh, find that success in our magic but only in our magic shows i will see i will say only in our magic you know um and um so yeah so we lost him but yes i think his his point of view it's is that he's always we've we've always been you know, very interested in seeing other renditions of, of magic performances that we think might nourish uh, or nurture our own performance and see yeah. how how they take the, how they approach a, a performance of itself and then the magic because I really do think those are two different things. One how they approach magic and one how they approach performance. Yeah. So I think that that was that, that was very uh, that's very important for any performer to go see others, and others that that do uh, as well as as Derek. So uh, maybe a Pollo, turn off your video uh, to see if just with audio it's better. So try to turn off your video, Pollo, and we'll 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 try you on when you're with your video turned off. And Tom, well, tell me your 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 you know uh, broad um, uh, reaction to it. What's your your first reaction to it? Well, it's it seemed it seemed like I mean, first of all, just stepping back for a moment, it's I think it's about ninety minutes long, and there's probably maybe ten minutes of magic. Maybe 15 minutes of magic in in the entire 90 minutes. 
I mean, he does he does a a a, a card kind of sweet at one point where he's mm. doing he's uh, I'm talking about being in a in a gambling game, but yes. that but anyhow that is very interesting in itself. It's called. I don't know what, what it was called. I, I mean, people came there, I think, expect, Pollo, are you there? But go ahead, go ahead, finish, finish your thought, Tom. So I think people, and I, this will be interesting to ask Pollo, people came, I yes, think, I am. I'm listening to, you. to see a magician. And they saw this conceptual artist, storyteller, yes. um, and there was a bit of magic, but I think in the whole 90 minutes, there may have been 15, 20 minutes. I mean, the letter reading was, I mean, I want to hear about that. But it, my main sense of it was comparing the experience of the performer to the experience of being ourselves in life. Are we performing? And are we performing like I'm really curious about the Rolatista Rolatista. 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 Is that the way we are? Are we trying to up the ante all the time so we get a better response from people? Um, what does that have to do with the basic question? Of the of the show, who am I? And um, I think I think it's very deep, but but also something that we struggle with every day, or, or that we not maybe struggle is not the word, but that we that we have to navigate every day because I really think that sometimes, so especially when you're doing something that you've never done before, I think that you have to perform, right? You have to perform as a something, right? So if I go need to do a business decision or go into a business meeting, I need to perform as a business person, right? right. If I'm going to go to a school and do and, and teach something, that, then I then then I I need to do that, right? I need to go and perform as a teacher. Right. So I do think that we perform in different. Um, in different ways, in different situations. And that's why I was going uh, for this book, which is mm -hmm. uh, the, the, the theory of, of Vygotsky, right? Oh, Vygotsky, by, yeah. By, by a wonderful author uh, and friend, Louise Holtzman. Oh, yeah. And Louise, you know, she, she, she of course, Vygotsky's uh, theory is, is that, you know, we, we develop because we perform as, right? When we're small, we perform, we do a performance of talking and we start, you know, blurbing stuff out because we're performing as we're talking, right? And you yeah. see babies doing that same thing. And that's because there's the, the I think it's called the zone of proximal uh, development or something like that. Oh, that right. Like, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're in, 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 in the periphery of a zone that's a little bit higher up than where you're at. So you start performing like them, like them. To learn and to then be right. part of the, I mean, you gain those abilities by performing as, and you see this in the in the corporate world or in the work world, as 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 Louis says, that you see you see it 
with entrepreneurs, for example, they, they they're building a business, they're building a company, but they 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 don't have any idea what they were doing. They had a vision, right? But they have to figure it out on the way, and that's the performance aspect of it. Right? You could be wrong, you could be right, you could make right decisions, wrong, wrong decisions, but you perform as it goes, right? And I think right. that is key, that you need to perform in different scenarios, different ways. And you can change that. I mean, it's 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 in you to, to be able to change it. I know, I think that's something that, that get, gets me thinking when, when I think about that persona of him as the ruletista, right? Yeah. As, as somebody that, that, as he says, goes into something again and again and again, and you know, it's resilience and, and how he goes through it once and twice and thrice and all these times and with the same outcome. I think it's, I don't know, I, I think performance is a, so much more than just in the theater. Yeah. Um, and what, what do you think? And I don't know what Vygotsky or, um, Lois Holtzman, um, she's from the Eastside Institute, right? I mean, she's yeah. um, kind of the founder or head of that. Um, yep. How how do they, you know, I think sometimes the idea of performing in not on stage, but in daily life, um, yeah. it has a negative connotation. Like we're we're not being real, we're playing yep. a part. We're mm -hmm. not, I'm not being myself. I'm performing, so people will like like or something like that. How do you think about the how? I'm sure Lois is not talking about being inauthentic or not being myself. Um, exactly. I think there's two sides of it. One is like the. Uh, there's a saying in English about that. Um, uh, act it until you make it. No, uh, oh, fake it till you make it. Yeah. So, so, so and that can have. Uh, I believe in that absolutely. Fake yeah. it till and you make it. And that can have the negative, the negative con connotation, right? Of hey, you're fake, right? You're not yourself. You know whatever, and you're doing things to deceive people and whatever, right? So you, so, so, so those. That's the means to an end. Right? Or is that you really don't know what you're doing, but you're willing, you're developing, right? You yeah. are you are performing as if you 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 know what you're doing, or as if uh, you know you know what you're talking about, but you're discovering it in the way. And, and that's why I love that word performing, because in Spanish there's no word that that translates the meaning, the full meaning of performance. Because uh -huh. performance is just when you perform at a task, right? When you uh, perform as an athlete, for uh, athlete, uh, athlete, yeah, like a, like a yeah, like a soccer player, yeah, like a soccer player, basketball player. You perform, right? Yeah. Or you're an executive and you go and perform, right? You you leave everything behind and you do 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 as you're told and do you go and perform. That that's one a a, a translation for that word in Spanish, right? But the other one is you're playing, right? right? So you're playing as when you're doing a play in a theater, exactly. right? But both both those meanings are true in the definition in English of performing, right? 
And that's what I love about it, right? Because you are performing in the places and you're performing in the results, meaning, right? And I mm -hmm. think that's so interesting because you do that when you're faking it on faking it until you make it, right? You yeah. have to try and act up, right? And you, you try to, you know, act as as the others around you. So you 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 learn and then you develop. Well, that's certainly um, certainly what young children do. You know, so much of their life is playing, of course. That's how they learn. But often what they're playing, they're imitating uh, and pretending they're adults and they're faking it, you know, and they're learning, you know, they're learning how to be what they aren't yet, you know, and they got to play at it. But that's, yes. um, but I'm, I'm, I just want to get back to our very first discussion tonight about uh, performing, uh, you know, like on stage or like I was doing last night, this, this, um, and, and talking about in and of itself. Um, it looks like he's being himself up there. Like he's not playing a part. He's just telling his story, but. And, and it feels genuine, genuine. Yeah. I, but can it be both? I'm sure he says pretty much 95% of what he says during those 90 minutes is the same almost every night. Scripted. Yep. You know, it's scripted. And yet, I think he's being himself. Or um, can we, like when I'm on stage doing a magic performance, people always say, well, what's your character? You know, like what character are you when you're performing? And I say, I'm a kind of heightened version of myself. I'm, I'm being myself, but in a dramatic kind of way. I don't think I'm, is, Poyo, oh no, he's he's um but I I really feel during my performance I'm being real. Um but it's certainly different than the way I am in ordinary conversation or in ordinary, you know, um I don't know. Um I'm I, get you. I, get, I get what you're saying. I get what you're saying that 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 you feel that you are you, but you don't act the same way you would in a in a mundane situation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I and I think both can be true. You said it's an act, it's a performance, right? But yeah. it's genuine performance. It's a, it's 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 a performance of of you, right? It's not a character. Yeah. It does not mean that, or for me, it doesn't mean that one's better than the other, or one it's the way that's supposed to be, and and the other one's not. But I think that they're both there's an there's a, there's a space for both of them to be true, and I, no. and I think that gets across in his in performance. You 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 know that he 
he he what he does every night because he, he did the show more than 500 times it's the same show he does the same six uh, um, acts he 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 does the same tricks right he he will try and, and and use the same puns or or gags or whatever but but he's being genuine right and you and and even if he's not right it come it, it gets to you as if he is. And I think that's the most important part, that you feel that his stories are his own, right? And I think that's so powerful. That's the art of the performer, right? When you go see the a fantastic thing, like, uh, I don't know, whatever, a, a theater, a, a, a Shakespeare play, production. Yeah, exactly. No. And you actually feel that you are seeing that character. That's because the performer is, you know, very, very good at what he or she does, right? And you feel it like that, right? But with this act, I think it's so introspective and so uh, deep that you feel like you're he you're you're hearing him being genuine, and I think that's why it's it's. It, it, mm. It clicks with so many people because you feel it like like it is genuine. Yeah, I think I think the Rolatista is is really interesting. Let's just say, let's just say, um, all of us want to be loved. Let's say that all of us want to. We want people to love us and like us, right? So. Um, as a performer, like that really like heightens that um, ordinary experience of wanting people to like us as a person. So here we are, we're on stage, we have an audience who um, we're doing a performance for them and they paid money and we really want them to, to like us. You know, it kind of um, takes the ordinary experience of daily life and and he heightens it by saying, uh, how many people will like me and come and pay money if I put one bullet in the gun? I'll get a lot of people. They'll come. Um, and then I do that every night. And eventually people think, Oh, the gun is a trick gun. He's uh, whatever. And they stop coming. So you say, tomorrow night, I'm going to put two bullets in, you know, yeah. and three bullets and four bullets, five bullets. And eventually he even says, I'll put six bullets and you can come and watch me kill myself, you know, whatever. But <clears throat> I remember reading. <clears throat> I probably have six or seven biographies of, of Harry Houdini. And mm -hmm. something Houdini was plagued with was being a Rolatista. He felt he always had to come up with something bigger and better and, and more death-defying, just like Russian roulette. He had to... He, he had to do more and more and more, better and better and better, more and more, until he came up with the Chinese torture cell 
you know, and that was his ultimate death-defying trick. Um, mm -hmm. And isn't that the way sort of I was thinking in the beginning of our conversation tonight with those folks at Timberlock? I have to do better and better, more and more, newer and newer and newer tricks. Um, and so what I'm wondering is how much of that is healthy, you know, and it keeps me improving. And the two bullets and the three bullets are just a very dramatic way of saying, I want to get better at being a teacher or an engineer or a computer coder or whatever. I, I want to demand that of myself. I'm my own audience, you know, or how much of it is pushing ourselves in ways that are crazy or too much or what's the balance? Does that make any sense? I don't know. Complete, complete sense. And I think that's, that's something that I, that I struggle with a lot when, when, you know, being or doing social work, it's so disheartening sometimes and it's so, so hard that you oh you have to go through this again and you have and you don't see progress and 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 i struggle with that a lot you know saying who's gonna push you right because it seems that like this is a problem that's not you know a it's not of interest to a lot of people right not a lot yeah. of people you know, solve this problem that you're at so it's not that interesting so should it should, should you pursue it and and all these obstacles on the way and funding and all that and you're like oh god right and 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 and, and 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 it's what you said do i push myself harder or do we or do we get the other people to 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 push us harder right and, and and sometimes it's 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 hard to discern between the two in what what I do, you know, every day. But I get yeah. what you're saying. And I also get that that performance of me, it's different in, in the different stages, right? And it's it's okay to have different identities, I think, is where I'm getting at, right? That you can have a, an identity in, in, in some places that's different from the others, right? Oh, yeah. I, I think... Um... I think it, it can be really, really difficult when a, a performer can never kind of get off stage, you know, that they have to be, I, I think it, it would be terrible to be a, a celebrity and you are on in a way all the time. You know, oh, yes. it has to be super hard. <laughs> super, super hard. And you're walking down the street and you have to be, um, you know, Brad Pitt, um, uh, the movie star, but not just the regular person, you know, like who's just out shopping. Leave me alone. I'm just a shopper, you know. Um, um, but I, this is, this is really terrific because it's, it's a conversation I've been, I, I have a two and a half hour drive back from this show. Oh. I got it. They finally got it. I, sorry, I'm so okay, excited now. Please, can so let, can we, let's can talk we, about Derek Del Gaudi. No, I'm kidding. Um, yes, please <laughs> finish, finish your thought, Tom, and, and we'll get yeah. his reaction to the show. No, I have this two and a half hour drive, and I think about 
the show I'm going to do. And then I think about the show I did do for do, the drive there. I'm rehearsing in my head. And then on the way back, I'm kind of reviewing how I did, you know, and what worked and what didn't. And it's wonderful that it's a place where I'm going to go to next week again. So I can act. But anyhow, Poyo, I want to hear oh. from you. I'm so sorry um, that technicalities didn't. Uh, I don't know what is going on in my iPhone. I think it's broken now or something. So I am hearing something that is not an iPhone that is working perfectly. That is just um, something that I just learned from today. Uh, but that's another story. So I've been, I've been trying to catch uh, a few thoughts because the, the transmission, even the audio was, was uh, terrible, but... Uh, um, I'm, I'm trying to go a little bit back about what you were talking about before, uh, about the Ruletista, about the show, and about um, the 15 minutes, because I was, thinking about, I was thinking about that, which I haven't thought of that before, which was uh, he, he does not more than 15, 19, 20 minutes of magic in a whole hour. 90 attack. minutes. 90 yeah. minute show. Incredible. Even, even though... And I, I told this, and I told this to mentor. I, I don't know if I told you, or I suppose Carlos told you, but um, I had the, I, I, I wanted to uh, interview him after the show. So he gave me, he told me he was going to give me a 15 minutes, and we got a whole hour, uh, like the next day. Wow. And we talked for this whole hour, and I had so many questions about the show. And he told me, um, I, I, it is beautiful how he talk about, um, for example, the, his relationship with Helder um, because about the creating process, process right? I'm sorry, because his relationship with who? With Helder Guimaraes. Oh, oh, yeah, okay. Uh, because, you know, both of them separated and create their own shows after they have been doing a lot of things together and a lot of success. Um, and um, I got a lot of impressions from that day, and one of them was how uh, deeply, like part of the pain of the of he, that he shows in the show, belongs to the rupture of that relationship he had with Helder, uh, because they were really, really, like, like Carlos and I, you know, like a, a long relationship uh like they, they were they worked together for a long time they were they had a beautiful synapses and everything and um mm -hmm. he actually mentioned it in, in some point uh and i thought of that a lot and about about the magic about i i when 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 he said to me i didn't i didn't want it to look like a magic show even though uh, they know they were go. They knew they were going to see magic. Um, mm -hmm. And and um, I, um, well, Carlos will send you the article that I wrote. Um, but what I loved is he he handles to put the magic in the right spots of the show. You know, without you never say, oh, is it is he going to do a trick? You know, because everything is so beautiful. I think his stories are also magical. 
telling, I mean, opening your heart in the way he does it in the show is it's something you have you haven't seen really. You know, you never know. For example, we have heard the the grandfather story about the snow, for example. No, you know, and and some I'm pretty sure somebody once invented that story to do the snowstorm, but we will never know who's telling the the, the truth. Uh -huh. uh, and I've been thinking about that for a long time. And Carlos knows that I I I I'm very connected about telling about myself in the shows. Uh, and so when, when I saw the show and, and he, I think he went, I won't say too far, he just went far enough or far away about opening his heart to a lot of strangers and like being able to- Like about his mother and her yeah. being gay and all of that. Ex you know? Exactly. And, and when, yeah, I, the, when I saw that- Yeah, the part of that show where the brick is the protagonist and that whole story of the mother starts getting, it's super personal. It's very, very yeah, good. It's, it's just, he, he goes so far, but he likes it. And I think he likes it because, because you can see he's so uh, dark, could be the word, you know, in his words, in his... Um, Uh, uh, how to say in, 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 in the tone of, the, of his voice yeah you know he never goes too high or maybe too low he just keep it in a regular tone the whole show which I do think it's quite uh, uh, it, it, that's something to mention you know there's no clown there is no and boom the brick is gone you know and so he just So, hmm. yeah, and, and, and a lot of uh, confetti or whatever. Um, and I like it, you know, that he made magic in a, in a way I think I have never seen it before. The brick trick is something when you see it live, you can't actually believe it because you have seen the table before, because you have seen he, he actually had the camera before in a terminal position doing the card tricks, so you have seen the table, that there's no line to hide the brick. There's nothing that happens there. Um, so when it happened, I, I, I was blown away. I didn't know what was going on. And I told that to Carol, because of course, when you see it on, on TV, on a screen, there's a lot of thoughts in your mind. You know, ah, I'm pretty sure. And you're, you're, when you're there and you see But everything that happens, and I was telling Carlos all the time, like everything that he does is, is exactly like that. The show is completely um, faithful to the reality. Uh, and uh, I, I love that too. And what I think what he managed is how to make the script, the magic, and his feelings combined with the interaction of the audience in such a perfect way that... I've seen, and I think we have seen a lot of magicians. Uh, I mean, I went to see before uh, of that trip, I went to see Matt King or Copperfield or, you know, and, and Copperfield managed to make you cry with a lot of different things, you know, getting inside the video with his father in the past. Uh, but this is, this is completely different. You know, there, there's just, 
a few little magic tricks, but a lot of heart. And then the, the ending, the two ending part, I will say, with him telling everyone what, what, it, what they grabbed with the, in the paper, uh, in the I am uh, little tag. Um, it's quite amazing. And then when everything vanishes, it's, it's, it's just, uh, I think that that's the most magical, magical part of the show. And I think what, what he managed to do really well was also how to be honest with his magic, you know, uh, or with his magic. Like when, when he does the, the, the boat floating inside the bottle or disappearing the brick or all the cards, he talks about magic, you know, and, and this is something we're not allowed to do. But he does it in such a perfect way. He's saying, I practice, I practice, I practice. What do you mean, Poyo? He talks about them about his all his practicing. You mean? Yeah, when he does a card tricks. Yeah, you know, would you, he he's always saying what he's doing. He's yeah. saying this is uh, this is practice. This is something that I just got into it, and I wanted to do it as perfect as I can. Uh, right. So he's not saying I can make the the first card appear always in the top. He's not, you know, he's going. I will say, like, under, under the script. You know? Gotcha, yeah. And uh, I, I saw that as a... I think that's something that maybe Penn and Teller um, tricked. You know, they, they, they put a trigger on it with, yeah. with magicians, telling a little bit of the truth because everybody knows how magic works. But even though even people know... I mean, even people know how magic works, they got blown away, and that's a beautiful part too. And I think yeah. that's something that Ben and Teller discovered. You know, they showed you how the cups and balls work, and even right. though they do it, and you get blown away, and you say, "Wait, what?" They explain the trick, but even though I'm asking how the hell they they do it, that is something we have we have to think about it. Yeah, because because that is a subtext that we haven't been. Uh, able to work before. We're always saying, I can do it, I can put the card on top, I can't, but nobody's saying, actually I have here, and maybe I put one of the cards in the middle of that, and then the right, then the, you know, I'm not saying I'm going to do it, but maybe that's part of the things that they, they have done it uh, with, with some classics of magic, and they, they still work. And I, that's one of the uh, lessons yeah. This show led us. Uh, and then I will say one of the most important questions this show uh, led me was how far, how far um, I want to get, I want to give to the audience of myself. And I think that's a question we hope we should always, we should always do. When I did my show on theater that Carlos uh, saw, uh, the one at uh, um, La Comedia Teatro, when I was, I was, I, I started a little bit of stand-up comedy and, and being a clown and, and did a little bit of stand-up comedy may, made me thought about how much could I, how much can I give of myself to the audience, like from my past and my experiences and my pains, you know, not only how to try to make that fun, but also how to tell everyone uh, I have suffered because of something, you know. 
And, and I think that is, that is something we should think about uh, because that is a really uh, a very good way to connect with the audience. You know, not only what we can do with our hands, but also uh, tell them that we have shared pain in this path, whatever the path we have taken before. Roger, you think you think it's you feel that differently from being there live than on video? Yeah, yeah. It is. It is. Even though he, they, they made it pretty good on, on pretty good on video, um, the experience live because of the interaction, because he the show is really interactive. You know, giving to mm -hmm. somebody a book that he can take away talking about the street where the brick is going to be in the future. Uh, so, so when the show is that interactive, doing a video will always take out that part and that's a huge part of the show. So not, not, not only not being able to, to talk to him when he says, uh, I am a unicyclist because that was the one that I took because uh -huh. I found it. Um, So, so yes, I, I, I think it's, it will never be the same. Even though uh, there's a lot of shows that can be done on, on, on live, on video, and they will be great because not, not everyone is, is open to interact a lot with the people. Yeah. You don't see the hugging, the letter, the letter, the letter, the letter. One It is impossible not to cry. You cry in the video. Imagine watching somebody saying, you know, Tom reading a letter saying, when you went to India and you appear a coin, like, and you're saying, what the hell is going on? It's, it's mind, that, that is actually mind-blowing. That's magic in, in it. It's a pure, in, in its purest. Yeah, amazing. Yeah. It's, it's, wait, it's got, it's, you got into another one, into another person. You know, yeah. it's not like, oh, when I, my mom, and when, when that happens to me on the rule of this time, somebody, no, 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 you open a letter. Imagine Carlos opening a letter and it's your sister telling you uh, when you were learning how to dance salsa in the garage of your house and 20 years ago and you, it, it will be, it's, it's, it, it just went too far. Yeah. Too far. So, no, the answer is no, sir. <laughs> So, uh, uh, um, any, any, any final thoughts on this and, and, and the power of performance and magic uh, after discussing this great, you know, uh, performance of, of Derek? Well, I, I, I'm left with the question of um, uh, both how much of myself, like my story, and maybe even the parts of my story where I've gone through really difficult times of suffering. How much of my story do I want to, or can I bring into my performance? You know, I think that's a great question, you know, and not just um, in some kind of pornographic way, just to make people feel something, you know, but actually genuine like what would be I, i'm i'd like to create a whole new show whether i ever perform it or not 
that would be something else. But a, a creative activity of creating a show truly based on my own life, that would be like um, uh, Jeff McBride's latest show. Oh, yeah. In, in a, not in the way um, Delgatio did, but he basically told the story of his life as a magician. How you know, and um, it, it, I thought it was terrific, you know. Um, but I don't think it was as vulnerable as Delgadio's, you know. Yeah, yeah. I, I think it's the vulnerability of Delgadio that makes it all different. Yeah, absolutely. Mm -hmm. I mean, I when mean, he was talking about coming out and seeing his mother kissing a woman and what that did to his world. And um, it really brought him closer to his mother, ultimately. You know, it wasn't like, fuck you, I'm leaving. I can't stand living with a queer, you know, or whatever. Yeah. It, it really deepened his love for her, but it was very difficult, you know. Um, and it was beautiful. It was just fantastic. I, I yeah. remember... So we, much can, we, we can we can say that that opening up uh, that vulnerability space it uh, brings out something that connects us to the audience in a, in a way that's 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 very hardly done in the same way if it's not from a true place that we were talking in the beginning Tom like it's not if it's not genuine enough then I think the connection it cannot be as deep and as real as you feel it no. and, uh, and you see you see that when you tell a story of your own right when we tell the story of how hard it was to get the kids from from the slums of, of Bogota to New York and everything that we have to go through right everyone's like oh god that's so, that was so hard right but when there's that place and and one of the coolest moments it, when we when we tell that story is when we tell the audience remember what it's like to be on the airplane for the first time most of the audience won't remember that but when you see that video of the grown-up kids experiencing that for the first time that i mean you feel something because it's real because it's true because you know and and, 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 and you're in a you're sharing that in an honest way and i think that that's something that all performers should you know experience or, or or open themselves up to the opportunity of you know experimenting with it with being vulnerable that's such a simple but beautiful powerful moment in that film those those mm -hmm. teenagers are like four years old at that moment oh my god you know we're in an airplane and it's gonna take off and they're scared and they're excited mm -hmm. and they're can't believe yeah. it and uh it's really and, and that's true that, that's super genuine and that connects you know that that's that experience of oh, wow like, like maybe you you remember it or, or you're like oh man I, I i fly every day and i don't get that way now but but look how what a mundane thing of taking off on an airplane does to somebody that's experiencing it for the first time at 17 right right it's wonderful yeah uh, I, I think there's there's there are two points of thinking of this now because um, when we work as performers 
there are there are two sides basically for me. One is when we create something and we invited everyone to see it, and the other one is when we when we get called to do something for somebody, and we have to create something for that for them. It's a company, it's some kids or whatever. So um, when when I saw the audio, I figured out that uh, when I created my next my next show for people for the people, uh, you know, to for a stage for my own, I would love to put more of me. But when we got a call from a company or to do a corporate show or or a talk, you know, we have to know who is going to be that audience. Yeah. And then we have to hurt her uh, if, if uh, taking care, uh, no, taking care, no, uh, knowing who they are, we need to find our connection to them. So, so the, we have to find that connection from our story with them, uh, which is different. You know, there are two different points of start. Uh, because maybe the show that we got is not going to connect as good if we, if we think about to whom we're going to perform, then we connect with they, with who we are, and then we create a script, a script and the magic show, and we connect it, which is completely different. Uh, and I think those are two points of start completely different, but uh, to get you to a good result when uh we talk about the audience yeah that's a that's a i i think we probably need to end but um that's a i i was just thinking about eugene berger you know and when berger performed in that bar in chicago that you know paid for his rent and his his food, did he do the gypsy thread the exact same way? Um, I think he probably did. You know, I, I don't know. Um, um, or the fact that he was there, did it slight, did, did he do it differently if he was performing for a group of priests or at Jeff McBride's, you know, magic and mystery school? I don't know. I would like to think that didn't get it the same way every time. Fuck the audience. If they don't like it, <laughs> the hell with them. You know, I'm gonna be Eugene Berger. You know, uh, I don't know. I, I, he was savvy enough that he probably adjusted a little bit to his audience if it was corporate or a bar or a group of ministers or priests or something. You know? <laughs> That's the, the, that's a, a, a dilemma that we have to 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 work around every time we perform. <laughs> yeah, but it's 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 a great you know way to think about it. Do we? Oh, yo, could could we have you back again to talk about yeah. the radio? There yeah. there are some things. There's a line that he says in there that I don't want to talk about it right now because I'd like to <laughs> think about it. And we talk about it together. It's a simple line. He says, a tricks are a means to an end. 
And what is the end that we of our magic? What are we doing with our magic? You know, what was he doing with his magic in that in and of itself? And I think I'm not sure magicians think about that question. What what are we trying at the end of our show? What do we really want the audience to walk away with? Yeah. Um, not very, very, very wow, cool. he fooled the hell out of me, or he's fantastic. But did we have some meaning that we wanted to communicate? You know, and I think he had a big one. You know, who am I? Who yeah. are you? It's, 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 it's the quintessential question. You know, it's very transcendent. It doesn't get much bigger than that. Yeah, it's very. Let's um, talk about that with a better Wi-Fi. Okay. <laughs> Please, I would love it. And just to be with you is such a joy. So let's do oh, it so again. To see you guys. Thank okay. you so much, Pollo and Tom, for being here. Thank you, everyone, for joining. And hey, we're going to pick this up next week and talk a little bit more about Derek Delgado in, in and of itself. Wonderful, wonderful performer. Okay. So thank you, Tom. Thank you, Pollo. Thank you. Thank you. Tom, I love you. Bye. <laughs> Bye.